Welcome to another episode of the MMA Lockcast. I'm your host, Manpreet, aka MMA Lock of the Night, and your boy on Twitter at MMALOT. And I apologize for the lateness of this video. Just a crazy week. Uh, and then yesterday, I had my man, if you guys saw on Twitter, I had my man Cody Saftik from the Dogger Pass podcast come by. Uh, we got a little bit tipsy. Uh, and my original plan of recording this episode after he uh, had left definitely went down the drain, especially with my soberness. So um, I apologize for the lateness. I know you guys are still going to enjoy this and, and check it out. So uh, I appreciate you guys out there. What I want to do first before we actually got into this episode is just give you guys a quick rundown of the tape index. I I believe I had talked about it on the last episode. But if you guys already know, the tape index is, I call it the gambler's prep kit. Um, we give you guys... The, Pretty much almost every resource that you require on one page for the upcoming UFC events so that you guys can just go to this webpage, click what you guys need, and uh, it's available for you guys there. But I'm going to just quickly uh, record my screen for you guys so you guys can get an idea of what the new one is going to look like. So originally we had it housed on Newsome MMA's website. Uh, we're going to be moving it over to MMAplay365.com. You guys don't need a subscription for MMAplay365 to access the tape index. They're going to be two completely different things. So what you guys can see on the screen here, this is the product page. Uh, this will launch the day after UFC Raleigh, uh, but this is kind of just our beta, what it's going to look like, just so I can give you guys an example. Um, as soon as you guys get to the product page, you guys will see the $3.99 a month here. Uh, if you guys scroll down, you guys will get a lot more description on it, exactly what's included in the, uh, in the subscription, uh, a little bit more information, why you need it. Uh, what do you get with the tape index and what is the tape index pretty much? I got it all listed out there. And just a quick overview, what's included in the subscription for the tape index is uh, every fight available for all upcoming MMA events throughout each month. And that just encompasses the UFC, Bellator, and PFL. Uh, quick links to view each fight. So this is pretty much every fight since 2013 or 2014 for every fighter that's going to be competing on the upcoming cards within that month. Uh, links to fighters uh, UFC stats page. That's another thing that's very helpful. So you guys can really dig into the numbers for specific fighters. Uh, links to fighters topology accounts. Topology is the the master when it comes to like records and and information when it, when we're talking about previous fights for fighters. Uh, Links to Instagram accounts as well, very helpful for a lot of people. We can see what gyms these guys are currently training at. A lot of people just chalk it up to whatever they've known that these fighters are training at. Darko Stosic is a perfect example. Just through Instagram alone, you guys can find out that he's actually been training over at Team uh, Elevation. You know, most people probably wouldn't know that and they think he's still training out in Europe or something. Uh, and then lastly, another addition, uh, once we get this thing into full swing in terms of behind the paywall, we're going to be going a full month of events ahead. Right now, we're only doing one week uh, in advance, but this we're going at least four weeks in advance. So if you guys want to get ahead of the schedule, you guys are more than welcome to. And whenever there, there's bound to be fights being pulled out two or three weeks in advance, uh, we'll try to, you know, fix it ASAP so it reflects any changes that are happening. Um, so yeah, this is the, the product page. Uh, and if you guys just hit sign up now, it'll take you over to the form that you really need to sign up. Um, I'll show you guys that real quick. So it's going over to the checkout page. Pretty simple, billing details. Uh, you see your final order here, $3.99 a month. Uh, first renewal is going to be, you know, exactly a month after you made your purchase and then it's just going to be reoccurring from that point there are no like commitments you don't need to sign on for like 12 months or anything like that hop on for a month 
And, you know, whenever you want to jump out and feel like you don't need it anymore, you guys can hop out. However, I, I don't think anybody's going to hop out of this. It's very helpful. We've got a lot of great positive feedback from a lot of people for this whole year that we had it for free. And now we just feel like with the amount of work that we're putting into it and trying to help the gambling community, the MMA gambling community specifically, um, we feel like this is a great service that a lot of people, you know, less than a dollar per card definitely is worth its value. So uh, we're happy with the price point there. And then you guys can pay with PayPal or your credit card. So it's very simple, very easy um, and, and, and safe. You know, everybody trusts PayPal. Uh, so there's no scamming or anything that we really need to worry about there. So once you guys actually sign up and go through all that, just pretty much log into your account and you guys will see at the top here, once you go back to MMAplay365.com, that the tape index is actually going to be in your navigation at the top here. So you can just click on it. It's going to bring you over to the tape index. And we've kind of just had it set um, to show uh, UFC 246 as kind of like our... Um, our test where this is just our beta pretty much. Uh, I just want to refresh it real quick so you guys can see what it actually looks like when you come onto it. So the first thing that you guys will notice is your email, event name, and the fight that you want to see. So this is just our way of allowing you guys to request a fight. So if you guys want to, you know, this is mainly for like Bellator and PFL cards. Uh, when it comes to Bellator and PFL cards, I'll always put the main cards onto the tape index. However, there are some times where they do release odds for the prelims fights for some of these cards. Um, you know, if I haven't gotten on top of it or if there's a fight even in advance that you guys want me to add to it or want the, want the team to add, just... This is this is your way. You just type in your email and just send the request, and we'll try to get it up as quickly as possible, uh, just to help you guys uh, with your tape study and that. Um, and again, Bellator is just so shifty in terms of which fights they actually release odds for. Obviously, it's going to be the main card, but there are sometimes where it's the prelims, and you know you guys may have access to some of these lines that we may not know about yet. And if you guys don't see it on the see it on the tape next, just hit us up, and we'll be happy to put it on for you guys. So that's the first thing you guys notice, and then you'll see. We only have one set up right here right now, uh, but since we're going to have at least four weeks in advance of schedules, you guys will see uh, multiple events here where it's going to have a drop-down menu. So once you hit the, the expand button, you'll see it all come up for the entire um, you know, for the entire card. Uh, so it's as simple as you know, hitting Connor versus Aldo. And obviously you need UFC Fight Pass to fully utilize this, uh, and it'll take you right to the fight. As you guys can see, it's loading up right now. And uh, I don't want to play the sound because I might just fuck anything up. And then it just starts to fight immediately for you guys as well too. You know, very, very, very helpful. Uh, rather, you know, the, the search engine for UFC Fight Pass is kind of broken. It's not the easiest to use. Uh, whereas this page, you just come onto this page and click any fight that you want to see. And it's going to take you right to the fight video. Very, very helpful. So there's that uh, topology page, UFC stats page, Instagram page, like I said. And then it's very helpful, especially for guys that are making their uh, UFC debuts or women that are making their UFC debuts. You got to scour the webs to find half of these fights. No more. You don't really need to worry about that anymore. Uh, let's see if there's somebody that I can find. Macy Barber. Uh, let's look at her fight against Esquivel. So this one was actually on YouTube that I found. And it pulls it up right to the fight for you guys. It's it's awesome. It's great. <laughs> I love it. Like once I, it takes me a while to put it together, but once we put it together and it's actually live, it makes tape starting so much easier. Even when it's like, uh, 
like uh, uh, if it's a video that is the, the full event video of whatever it is, we still make sure to let you guys know, okay, the fight starts at 1, 12, 1 hour, 12 minutes and 35 seconds in. And if you just click it, it's going to take you over to Yuku. That's one of the other obscure websites that you'll sometimes have to like come by. It's going to, I'm not going to show you guys right now, but it's going to load up. Uh, and then you guys can just skip over to one minute or sorry, one hour, 12 minutes and 35 seconds. You guys will get the exact fight. So I think it's very helpful. You know, I, I love using it. A lot of people love using it. And I think that it's going to be very, very, uh, it's going to, I think it's going to blow up for sure in a, in a good way. I think a lot of people are going to be using this. Uh, and I don't want you guys to miss out on it either for f fucking $4 a month. I think it's a steal, especially for the amount of time that's going to save you guys for scouring the web to find some of these fights. So that's the pitch for Tape Index. I hope you guys, uh, you know, are on board with it. I'm going to have the link for it, um, at least the current link for the UFC Raleigh card, which is on Newsom's website. I'll have that in the description below. Uh, but then when we actually launch it, I'll put out the put out the the link for you guys to go to the product page to be able to sign up for it. And uh, you know, the day after UFC Raleigh, we're going to put up the entire February schedule, so you guys can start digging into that UFC two thirty two forty seven. Um, you know, the couple Bellator cards that are later in February as well. Everything's going to be on it, so you guys can start getting into your tape study. Um, yeah. I hope that was informative enough. If you guys have any more questions regarding the tape index, just hit me up. I would be happy to help you guys out. But you guys are here for me to break down UFC Raleigh, and that's exactly what I'm going to do for you now. But I had to shoot the shot per se. Had to get that burp out. All right, so UFC Raleigh. Um, you know what? Actually, before I get into that, I'm going to go over um, my my betting recap for UFC 246, which which, which was the Connor card that just passed. Uh, very successful event. You know, I'm I'm very happy with how I did. I only lost one bet that night, but we'll quickly go over it so I don't waste too much time. Uh, my lock of the night play was Carlos Diego Fajera minus two twenty seven five units. That profited for plus two point two units. Very happy with that. You know, I don't know where the fuck people are thinking that Anthony Perez was going to have the better jiu-jitsu here. And even in my lock of the night minute video that I dropped the day of the event, I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Diego Ferreira goes out there and submits Anthony Perez. And that's exactly what he fucking did. So happy to get that that hit on uh, Ferreira there. Uh, my two dog of the night plays will start off with the one loss of the night. I had 1.2 units on Tim Elliott at plus 128. Thought it was a ton of value there considering how Askarov looked in his last fight in a against a wacky opponent and Brandon Moreno. And, you know, you're talking about a guy whose uh, Instagram handle is awkward MMA in Tim Elliott. So I thought he was going to give him a good fight. You know, did decent. Uh, really took off that third round. It would have been interesting to see what he could have done if he really started to, to to actually have some sort of output rather than just walk for it with your hands down. Um, but minus 1.2 units there. Uh, and then the rest of the night was winning as well. Uh, my other dog of the night play was uh, 1.8 units at plus 150 on the under for the Hack Press and Dober fight. A lot of people decided to go out there and parlay Hack Press at minus 300. I was like, you know what? Either guy can get the finish here considering how good they've both been looking. So I'm going to go with under two and a half here, especially at plus 150. I thought there's a ton of value there. Uh, so I hit that 1.8 units plus 150 for 2.7 units. That was great. Uh, over one and a half on the Barber Modafferi fight, uh, minus 125 at 1.5 units, profit for 1.2 great hit there too uh i thought a lot of people were overlooking roxanne's durability here and say what you want about barber tearing her acl i still thought that mark uh, roxanne was going to be able to you know at least make it over the the seven and a half minute mark um 
So I'm glad to cash on that. And then lastly, I had 2.5 units on Holly Home at minus 125. That bet was a no-brainer for me. Um, you know, I kind of expect her to kind of outstrike her, uh, but I knew that she was going to be stronger than her, and I'm more than happy to take that boring decision uh, and still cash on my money. So um, I'll take that any day. Just play it as safe as fucking possible, Holly, and I'm happy with that. You're going to still give me money at the end of the day. So um at uh, the end of the event, we profited plus 6.9 units, more than happy with that, 58% return on investment, you know, I, I'm more than happy with that, that's three straight lock of the night winning events in a row, uh, plus 5.04 units on UFC 245, plus 2.14 units at UFC Busan, and then uh, plus 6.9 units, so we're slowly clawing our way back, 2020 is going to be a huge year, I'm very excited for what's to come. Um, you know, started off big with UFC 246. Now we got UFC Raleigh, which overall is kind of a weak card, in my opinion. The top two fights obviously have some some interesting circumstances surrounding them. Uh, but you know, overall, there's there's I, I'm a, and I'm an MMA diehard. I am a nut for this shit. But some of these like Espinosa versus Perez don't really give a fuck about that fight. Um, Cyphers I always love watching fight. Jamal Hall Hill is kind of an interesting prospect. Um, Arnold Allen was supposed to fight Josh Emmett, so that fight would have been a lot funner, but now we got Nick Lenz stepping in. Uh, Montel Jackson, that's another prospect that's slowly making his rise in the UFC. Uh, Brett Johns is always fun to watch. And then obviously the, the UFC debuts of uh, Nate Landwehr and Herbert Burns, that should be fun as well. So uh, let's get into the predictions and bets or breakdowns of these cards uh and just a quick note if you guys have been watching since at least november you guys know that i normally just do quick picks for these fights not doing that anymore uh as of february so this will be the last card where i do quick picks for the prelims i'm going to get back to doing full card breakdowns for you guys i'd uh, i'm kind of upset at myself that i neglected that for you guys uh, i know a lot of people have, and i know a lot of you depended on that and really wanted perspective on some of these prelim fights um tried the patreon thing it was great you know i'm still going to leave it up i significantly dropped the price for it so people can still get all my picks for free if i'm ever charging the public which i will be doing this weekend since i'm on a three uh lock of the night event winning streak and uh, yeah uh, i'm kind of neglecting you guys and i hate that i did that but we are back as of uh february for full card breakdowns for every single fight but uh for the last time let's do quick picks for the prelims i got herbert burns over nate lendware i got brett johns over tony gravely i got lena landsberg over sarah mcmahon maybe a dog play uh montel jackson over philippe corral Calaris. um lucy Prilova over justine kish uh arnold allen over nick lens though i think that line is a little bit too wide uh bevan lewis over dequan townsend don't think that bevan lewis is worth the shot at minus 400 to be honest uh and then that brings us to our main card we're going to kick things off with jamal hill against darko stosic let's start off with stosic real quick he's coming off that loss to kennedy and zechuku in a fight where he sacked kennedy plenty of times like um but besides that, he started that fight off on fire. Like the leg kicks that he was landing on Kennedy, insane. Um, I was surprised that, you know, he didn't lay on it more throughout the fight. Um, kind of gave that fight away, especially with losing two points due to the groin strikes. He had to go for a finish and it was kind of tough for him. He's not the most cardio-centric guy out there. Um, so, uh, you know, he really needed to find that finish in the first round. I think he had like eight first round finishes going into this fight. That's kind of his game. If he gets past like the one and a half round mark, things are not the best for him let's just put it that way um 
yeah, you know, he he throws a mean leg kick if he really commits to them, has a lot of power. Um, he fights in spurts. You know, he doesn't really try to have consistency throughout. It's more like lol, 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 bang, 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 lol, lol, lol. Like it's just, it's very inconsistent and it's not really judge friendly per se. Whereas Kennedy and Zechuku can just, you know, throughout the fight, just chip away, which is why I believe he actually won that fight, uh, you know, besides the points being taken away. Jamal Hill, on the other hand, actually, last thing about Stosic, since he is training over at Team Elevation, I'm interested to see what kind of changes he makes to his game. Uh, Jamal Hill, very green in his UFC, or in his pro MMA career, 6-0 and coming into the UFC, uh, had a beautiful victory in his last fight in the Contender Series against Alexander Popak. But I want to go actually back to the Daquan Townsend fight. Intriguing fight. That was his uh, fourth ever MMA fight, and Daquan Townsend at the time, that was his 26th fight, 27th fight. Insane that Jamal Hill was able to come, one, able to come out with a victory there, and two, a commission even uh, allowed that. I don't even think they had a commission. KOP, it looked like they're a little bit sketchy, but either way, he goes out there, gets the victory. Seemed like a hometown fight for him, actually, as well. The, the, the commentating seemed a little bit uh, biased towards him, if I'm not going to, you know, bullshit you guys. Um, you know, long rangey kid, seems like he has a lot of potential, very athletic. Um, I was kind of let down by his killer instinct in that Townsend fight. That fight went the full five rounds. He beat the crap out of Townsend's legs. And I was very surprised that he didn't, you know, stay on it more. It was kind of like Stosic as well. If he stayed on those leg kicks a little bit more, he probably was going to be able to get Townsend out a lot earlier than he did. He faced adversity a little, a couple of times. Townsend rocked him a couple of times. However, he was still able to come out with a victory there. Um, the one thing I don't like about him, though, is he keeps his chin very high. You know, if he's able to master the distance management and if he's able to, to you know, master his his reach which i believe is 79 inches which is great six four seventy nine inches huge kid um you know he he could be very successful um i did like i'm kind of knocking his killer instinct in that townsend fight however he did show a lot of killer instinct in that uh pulpic fight you know ripping leg kicks to the body that was beautiful really made pulpic like you know it was tough for pulpic to even throw anything to him because he was just too scared about what was coming back um you know, if he continues to work on his kicking game, he's going to be a problem. Um, you know, great. I think he has a lot of potential, but this fight is just so, so sketchy. You know, I'm, I'm very sketched out about betting fighters that are making their UFC debuts as well. The line is good. Minus 130-ish, not too bad. I can't complain about that. However, you know, with his issues in terms of holding his chin out high, he might eat some issues with uh, with Stosic here. Stosic could land on him and make it interesting. Um, you know, I, it's hard for me to trust guys that are coming off the contender series. There's been so many guys. Um, there's been so many guys out there that uh, have, you know, had a great um, run on the contender series and then they come over to the UFC and just lay an egg. Miguel Beza is a guy that comes to mind. Jeff Hughes is another guy that comes to mind. Um, and Jamal Hill, I hopefully doesn't find himself in that, that category of guys from the contender series. But I think that... Uh, it's too early to to throw a good amount of money on this guy. Um, I am going to pick him to win because I think he has the tools to win here. But his greenness, the 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 UFC debut, um, you know, holding his chin a little bit too high for my liking, especially against a heavy puncher like Stosic and uh, Stosic, especially making that change over to Team Elevation. Interested to see 
um, how much that's actually going to change his game, how much it could help his cardio even. Um, and, uh, you know, he has rangy guys over there to train with as well. So I'm interested to see what's happening in this fight. I'm still going to take Jamal Hill, Hill um, but it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough fight for him. All right, next up, we got Hannah Cyphers versus Angela Hill. Um, let's start off with Hannah Cyphers. I think this is a mean bitch, and I mean that in the most positive way uh, you could. You know, she's coming off a victory over Jody Escobar this time around. Even before that, she beat Pollyanna Vienna in a split decision, but she probably deserved all the judges' scorecards there. But a little bit stiff. However, she throws a lot of power. Um, I like her output. I like her consistency with her leg kicks. I like the the the, the raw aggression, the, the forward pressure that she shows at times. Um, great ground game as well, too. We saw it in the Macy Barber fight. She did get ground and powder in that fight, but she, she kind of held her own until Barber actually cut her up. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know how much she's going to have to worry about Angela Hill taking her down here. Uh, one thing I will give Angela credit for is her working on her, her jiu-jitsu game. You know, in that Xiao Nanyan fight, she had she pretty much had a triangle locked up uh, you know, near the end of that first round. And Yan got saved by the by the Belder pretty much, you know, that she had it locked up. It looked like all she had to do was maybe pull for another 10 seconds or so and she probably would have got the tap or even choked out Yan out cold. Uh however, she got saved by the bell. And then Yan goes on and wins the the rest of the fight. Um the, the difference between Yan and Cyphers, though, I believe that Yan is a little bit more mobile. Uh, she lo- moves a lot more. She's obviously a lot bigger than Cyphers. Cyphers is probably like a 105er, to be honest. But, uh, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see if Cyphers will be able to deal with the movement of Angela Hill. Uh, you know, she does move a lot, but it's nothing like Dominic Cruz style. You know what I mean? She trains over at Alliance as well, but you can't say that they're the same fighter. The Cypher are... Cruz is a lot better at being defensively sound, whereas Angela Hill still gets hit. Uh, I think Cyphers, if she lands on Angela Hill, it can make things interesting. So you're pretty much going up against uh, you're going up against the output of Angela Hill and the power of Hannah Cyphers. At the current odds, I believe it's plus one forty for Hannah Cyphers, if I'm not mistaken. Plus one fifty. Her odds are kind of getting better. I'm a little bit interested in her. I'm not going to lie. You know, she does have. Uh, more output than uh, Angela Hill's last opponent, which is Ariane Carnalosian. Carnalosian obviously starts to suck wind considering how fucking jack she is. Cyphers is jack too, but she does have a better gas tank in my opinion than Carnalosi. Um, you know, as long as she doesn't, as Cyphers doesn't get that na- a similar nasty cut as Carnalosi did, I think Cyphers has a good shot of stealing the fight from Hill here. You know, anytime Angela Hill comes on the inside, I think that Cyphers is going to counter immediately. She's going to land the heavier shots, in my opinion, and I think that might sway the judges more than Angela Hill. You know, moving around so much and and you know closing the d- distance and getting a couple shots off. I think that Cyphers will be successful, especially if she really implements her leg kicks as well uh, or her body kicks. If she stays consistent with kicks and, and mixes up her combinations, she's going to give Angela Hill some problems here. So I'm actually going to go with Hannah Cyphers. Possible dog play, not 100% sure yet. There are a, a couple other barking dogs that I'm really looking at, uh, and Hannah Cyphers is definitely one of them. So I think she's going to spring the upset here. Um, very, very, very happy to get Hannah Cyphers roughly around the plus 150 range. But again, not an official bet yet. But I, I definitely like her here. Um, obviously, Angela Hill can go out there and just outpoint her, but I, I think it's going to be tougher than that. You know, that's that's just somebody just saying, I know how Angela Hill fights because I've seen a couple of her fights a couple months ago. And then Cyphers is just a girl that, you know, had some wars. 
But if you really look into the tape, I think as 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 stiff as Cypher is as at sometimes, she throws perfect. She not perfect, but she throws very good counters, and I think that's where she's going to capitalize whenever Angela Hill tries to close the, dis- the distance. So I'll take Hannah Cyphers by decision. Wouldn't even be surprised if actually Hannah Cyphers clips Angela Hill. Um, and gets a finish somehow, like she drops her and follows up a ground upon or some shit or or a submission of some sort. But I like Hannah Cyphers. Uh, I think she has a shot at dog odds, so I'm going to go with her to one by decision. Next up, we got Jordan Espinosa versus Alex Perez. Another fight where I'm kind of interested in the the underdog here. Um, plus two twenty for Jordan Espinosa, minus two sixty for Perez. So it's coming down a little bit. But Espinosa, we'll start off with him. Very quick fighter he has a lot of speed in his hands uh good in and out movement uh decent wrestling uh weird fight against match now you know that that takedown was weird uh ended up getting triangle choked but i don't think there's much of a, a submission worry from alex perez here um you know the, the alex perez has i would say better wrestling but i think that jordan espinoza will be okay there um it's going to come down to what kind of striking game plan that alex perez comes out with is he gonna you know just shoot continuously shoot for takedowns i don't think so i think that he's going to use his hands you know that jose torres fight was insane so i think that uh he he probably won't have the same success because i think that espinoza moves a lot better than torres um but i think that uh it's a much closer fight than the minus 260 suggests for alex perez uh i i'm not comfortable laying the the juice on him i think that espinoza has a better chance than that um he he hits very hard too, so this could be interesting. We've seen Perez get finished by jujitsu or jiu-jitsu in the past, and Ben of Years isn't really known to, to be like a heavy striker or a knockout puncher. So, you know, it could come down to timing here and the speed of Espinosa. If if Espinosa times a, a blitz or a, a hook at the perfect time, he could land on Perez and, and make it some trouble. Um, I'm impressed by Perez too, but I just think the line is too long. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with the shot with the underdog here with uh, Jordan Espinosa. Not 100% sure if I'm actually going to bet it, but I'm going to go with Espinosa by decision. I think he has a good shot of, as long as he can keep this fight on the ground, or sorry, on the feet, he should have the advantage in terms of being the faster fighter, landing the better shots, getting in and out. Um, I have seen him slow down a little bit in his in the latter half, or the, the last round at least, the latter half of the last round. Uh, so he's going to have to be sure to win at least the first two rounds but you know i'm I'm not ready to say that alex Perez is you know worth the minus 260 and actually going to want to beat uh is actually going to beat jordan espinoza here so again not 100 percent sure if i'm going to bet espinoza here but i will take him to win by decision um and uh yeah pretty much all i gotta say about that fight let's move on to the coleman event uh, a guy that i believe is you know definitely worth uh being a heavy favorite is Jafialdo Sanos. So I did put out a Twitter poll earlier this today. Let me see actually what it's at now. Uh, but I did ask uh, who people believe would shit the bet as a, a solid favorite. Uh, and let's see what we're at right now. After 265 votes, people still believe that Jafialdo Sanos is going to be the one that shits the bed out of all the the heavy favorites right now. Uh, people seem to trust Curtis Blades the most. That's what it's looking like. 33.2% for Dos Anjos, 15.8% for Curtis Blades, and then Arnold Allen slightly higher than Alex Perez here. But I don't see it. Like, Dos Anjos held his own pretty much against very grapple-heavy fighters in um, Kobe Covington and Kamaru Usman. Uh 
if you guys notice in the the Covington or the Usman fight and even the Kevin Lee fight, <coughs> oh, no idea where that came from. Anyway, uh, if you guys notice in the, the the Usman and Kevin Lee fights, two guys that are very strong grapplers, they couldn't really get RDA down right off the bat. You know, they had a lot of trouble getting him down fresh. Kobe Covington was a different situation. You know, that was the first time we really see, saw Kobe Covington have that type of game plan where he's just going to continuously push the pace, come out that quickly, you know, throw punches in your face and then just quickly go for a takedown. That's kind of the first time we really saw Kobe do that. And I don't think RDA was ready for that. Whereas the Kamaru Usman and Kevin Lee fights, we kind of knew that was the game plan even in the leon edwards fight you know edwards was uh lulling rda on the feet thinking that's just going to be a strictly a striking fight which is what pretty much 95 percent of the people going into that fight believed was going to happen and then leon edwards goes out there and tries to get takedowns and he's successful with the takedowns and i think that's where people are really starting to uh try to give michael kiesa a chance in this fight they think that you know because leon edwards is able to get rda down kiesa is going to be able to get him down and he might he might, you know, he might be successful in his second or third attempt. However, I don't think that RDA is going to be able to uh, get grinded out. You know, it was tough for Usman and Covington to grind out Dos Anjos. Dos Anjos was always able to get up. Some of the, you know, technical flaws that we saw from Michael Chiesa in his last couple of fights against guys like Carlos Condit and Diego Sanchez, those guys probably are not able to hold a candle to RDA in terms of grappling at this stage of their career. We're talking about 2020 RDA and 2019 Carlos Condit, 2019 Diego Sanchez. You know, Dos Anjos, I think, is going to fare a lot better. Um, I think that uh, once this fight continues to, 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 to stay on the feet and RDA keeps getting back up, uh, Kiesa is going to start to get discouraged and it's going to get a lot harder for him to get these takedowns. I don't think he'll be successful in getting multiple takedowns. I think that once RDA keeps this on the feet, he might even go for the takedown. And I think that he may have the better jiu-jitsu here as well. Uh, people can say what they want about Kiesa having the strength advantage, but I think that Usman is a lot stronger than Michael Kiesa and RDA held his own in terms of you know trying to stay on the feet, uh, continuously getting back up off the ground. I don't think that the only thing really riding against RDA here is the fact that it's a three round fight and if Kiesa is actually successful in their first round uh, or first you know round and a half or so he may be able to squeak by on a judge's scorecard I don't see it though I I, I think at most Kiesa is going to have you know some success in the first round I don't see him tapping him out I don't see him knocking out RDA and unless RDA has fallen off some sort of cliff in terms of his his talent and his and his skill level it's tough for me to see how Kiesa wins this fight. Um, I, I love RDA. It's a little bit too juicy at the moment, but I think with the amount of love that we're seeing Kiesa get, especially in that poll that I just ran, we could see uh, the line on RDA get a little bit better. So I would highly recommend people monitor that line throughout fight week because I think, you know, I don't know where this narrative is. I think it's like the whole Anthony Pettis thing as well. You know, people were giving him, saying that he has the the better jiu-jitsu. And, uh, you know, I think that Kiesa is kind of getting that that rub just because RDA got slightly out-grappled by Leon Edwards. Not the most out-grappled, but he did get taken down because I, I believe that RDA doesn't believe that Leon Edwards is really going to go out there with the game plan to try to take RDA down. So I know RDA is expecting Kiesa to take him down. I know he's going to be prepared for that. I know that RDA has the better striking. He's going to land a lot better than Kiesa. The only thing Kiesa has going for him, again, th three-round fight, he's slightly bigger, but I don't think he's going to have the strength advantage. Uh, that's about it. I think RDA is still 
at a at a level in his career where he's going to be able be able to beat guys like Michael Chiesa, and we saw it in the Kevin Lee fight. You know, Kevin Lee kind of had his way with Michael Chiesa in their fight. Um, not saying MMA math works here, but just throwing it out there. So I want to take RDA. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if he get a finish, but I'm going to take him by decision just to be on the safe side. I think he outstrikes him. You know, might get taken down a couple times, but will definitely get back up. Maybe even reverse positions. We've seen Kiesa get swept by Kamora sweeps and and weird things by Diego Sanchez by 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 um, Carlos Condit. Guys that are way beyond their prime, in my opinion. I'm not saying RDA is in his prime, but I don't think he's that far from where he was when he was in his prime. And I think he's at that point where he's still going to be able to beat a guy like Michael Chiesa. So I got RDA winning by decision, um, and and I really like him in this spot. And then we got our main event, Curtis Blades against Junior Dos Santos. So let's start off with Junior Dos Santos. He's coming off that loss to Francis Ngannou uh, back in June. It was June 29th. Uh, had a couple fights booked against um, Alexander Volkov. Well, a fight against Alexander Volkov. Unfortunately, I had to pull out due to staph infection, I believe it was. Something that was eating away at his leg. And it was a very rough uh, thing that he had to come back from. It's kind of... Uh, questionable that he's coming back just under three months after possibly losing his leg. That's got to be a narrative going into this fight, especially against a guy like Curtis Blades, who's going to be looking to take JDS down on numerous occasions. Um, JDS's wrestling has really not been tested since, you know, uh, Alistair Overeem went for a takedown, but that was like at the end of the round and it didn't really see like, seem like he was going full hog for it. Um, I believe he pretty much went for that takedown within the last 10 seconds of that round and it ended with him kind of having like a back clinch, but I had to let it go because the timer went out. Uh, but Stipe Miocic, you know, went for plenty of takedowns against him in their first fight. Um, and JDS did a really good job at staying on his feet. You know, he he has really good takedown defense in it. And it's tough to say that we we know for sure that Curtis Blades is going to take him down. We've seen Curtis Blades have some troubles with taking some guys down. But once he's able to get them down once, he's able to get them down time and time again. It's all going to come down to like the first two minutes, three minutes of this fight. And if Curtis Blades is going to be able to stay away from getting knocked out and say what you want about JDS, I still believe he is capable of having knockout power. I still believe he could knock out Curtis Blades. That's why I'm a little bit hesitant about this. How is Curtis Blades going to react in that first, you know, three minutes or so? He's going to have to play on the feet a little bit. I don't think he's going to be able to get JDS down right off the bat. Um, JDS is obviously going to be expecting that. Um, yeah, it's, it's all that first three minutes. If Blades, you know, is able to, to kind of hang around on the feet a little bit, throw some kicks out there, use his range. Um, I'm sure those guys over at Team Elevations have been trying to get his hands better, uh, head movement. You know, I think he could pose some, some, some issues to JDS. He's rightfully the favorite here. Let's not forget about that. Not, not even considering the external factors in terms of JDS losing, possibly losing his leg a couple months ago. I think that Blades has a really good shot to, you know, make survive the first two to three minutes and then start to implement his game in terms of taking JDS down constantly. The last time we've seen JDS really get wrestle-fucked was Cain Velasquez, but that was a long time ago. And I think that Curtis Blades is very capable of implementing a Cain Velasquez-type style against JDS. And Cain, Curtis is a lot bigger than Cain, too, so I think he'll have a bit of a strength advantage there, too. Um but JDS has shown sound defense, and it's unfortunate we haven't really seen anybody test his 
uh, wrestling since the first Stipe fight, which was again years and years ago. Uh, but I, you know, you gotta assume he's getting older. Uh, Curtis Blades is younger, has a strength advantage. Uh, probably the best wrestling background uh, since Cain Velasquez. So I'm picking Curtis Blades to win here. I'm going to say probably like fourth or fifth round TKO. I think he just continues to wear on JDS. Uh, and then eventually he like musters up being able to get a bunch of shots together and put JDS away. But uh, it's something about that first like two to three minutes just has me wary, which is why I'm not like, Super enthused to be betting Curtis Blades at like minus two fifty. You know he's he's sitting at as a heavy favorite right now. I wonder how many people are actually going to take the shot on JDS. Don't know if I would, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm still taking Blades. Just think it's a little bit too wide of a price tag. Um, you know, if you got him better than minus two hundred, congrats. Um, don't think we'll ever see that line again, at least up leading up to the fight. But I still like Curtis Blades here. I, you know, the wrestling is just just too much. And again, the only thing making me hesitant, we just haven't seen JDS's wrestling tested recently. He's still strong. He's still a strong guy, and he could definitely land on Curtis Blades. And that's where it keeps me wary. That's where I'm not like, okay, for sure, I know that Blades is gonna uh, avoid all of the strikes of JDS, and he's gonna eventually get him down. I'm not sure. And anybody who's saying that they're 100% sure that Blades will, you know, evade all of JDS's strikes, we don't know. What if he gets clipped? What if he gets dropped? You know, Francis was able to do it for him. And I'm not saying that JDS is Francis, but he still holds a lot of power in his hands. His hands are still very good. Um, but just so many factors going into this fight. I can't comfortably, comfortably bet each side and say that it's a lock or whatever the hell it is. But... Um, Think Blade still wins this later in the later in the fight, fourth or fifth round TKO, um, and then hopefully for him, Jerzinho Rosenstrike goes out there and and uh, finishes or beats Francis Ngannou because that would mean at least a title shot for this year for Curtis Blades, not having to worry about Francis Ngannou anymore. Um, yeah, so Blades decision. That's it. We're done. Uh, next, the next lock cast up. So I'll be back at Big Rob's place because we're going to be breaking down a pay per view event. Should have a really good guest for you guys as well that time. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, make sure you guys check out the tape index. Hopefully, the the tutorial at the beginning of this video was helpful. Uh, and then in two weeks, uh, I'll be back to doing full card breakdowns. Um, Combat stores. Uh, I just finished editing a uh, the one that I'm supposed to drop today. The rendering obviously takes forever, so that might be today or tomorrow, whatever it is. But I got Ergis to get on. He's a 4-0 pro, uh, super talented kid, super fun kid. I actually signed him up to the gym that he's currently at and uh, kind of encouraged him to go into MMA. And here he is. You know, he went, uh, what was it? seven and oh as an amateur and now he's four and oh as a pro just won the ibjjf uh gold uh you know down in california so big ups to him kid has a bright future he was a fun time talking to him we, we'd rag on each other a lot so i'm really looking forward to that and then yesterday i recorded with cody saftik from uh dogger pass podcast like i said earlier in this episode uh and that will be dropping next week so i hope you guys enjoy that but uh until then you know Hit the subscribe, like, comment. Let me know if you guys agree with my picks or not. Um, and hopefully I continue to kill that uh, prediction war thing that Mr. Arkansas is running. I appreciate him, uh, you know, putting me into that contest. And I hope that I can uh, cash as an underdog, as he currently said that I was. So um, good luck to everybody. Um, 
I haven't made any official bets. That's going to be coming later this week. Make sure you guys check out my timeline on Twitter, at MMALOTN. Uh, check out the website, MMALOTN.ca. And then check out, check out the tape at next, which I'm going to be dropping uh, in the description below. Uh, again, it's free until the UFC Raleigh card. And then after the Raleigh card, we're going to be starting to charge for it. Uh but it's totally fucking worth it. Four dollars a month. If you're complaining, if you're betting MMA fights and you're complaining about four dollars a month, fuck you. <laughs> That's all. All right. I'll see you guys next week or in two weeks, wherever the fuck it is. Good luck on the fights this weekend. Uh, and let's make some money. Uh,